the SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner for Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Good morning and welcome to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. We're back for another week, Claire, and what a big show we've got lined up today. Good morning, Miles. Yes, we do. Hey, Claire, before we get to our first guests, um, I'll run through. We've got John Hickmont on later, which will be interesting to have a chat to, but uh, also got Adam Mintz with his tips. He's in good nick last week. Very good, very well done. Uh, John has got six runners this Saturday as well. He does now. We've got a very special guest in studio. He's made the trip over the border and has done it at an impeccable time. And we're going to deep dive into an interview after our first segment, but we'll get her in early off the top of the show. Jess Eaton has joined us in studio. Jess, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um... Geez, you have jumped the border at the right time. It's lockdown in Melbourne and over here with us and sun shining here on King William Street in Studio Lumo. It's a pretty nice time to be in SA. Look, it's um, certainly a relief, the, the timing, that's for sure. And um, it's been a dream start. I'm very happy with how things have come about. Well, we've got you for most of the show. Well, you'll probably leave us just before Adam comes in for some tips. But we're going to run through with how we went last week. This is how we're going to start the show. And run through with a few horses. Now, Claire, you're in Rare Nick early. I think uh, a couple of us got on Hyperca- uh, Hypersonic, sorry, and uh, and you got off. But then uh, we had a couple run through in the way of Super Striker and Turf Man. So this is what we heard last week from Leon. Had it on the show. All the mail comes from here. So this is what we heard first. I had to have a pick. It's probably... Another award or Super Striker, I think. So I've seen uh, number four Super Striker has the my favourite Leo McDonald gear change, the blinkers on, first time. Yeah, for a rebel rider. Don't know about your favourite Leo McDonald gear change, but a gear change that seemed to work and you did like it. Yeah, well done, Jess. It was a very good ride, Super Striker. Well, this is what happened. Super Striker's gone to the lead, but another award's going to give it a race to the wire. Super Striker keeps finding another award, can't match it, and Super Striker beats another award. Quinella for the McDonald Lewis Yard. Well, Leon wasn't too far out, was he? Jess, your first winner since coming over? Yeah, it was a, um, a lucky pickup ride, and uh, the horse was obviously quite dominant. He's doing a fair bit wrong, but it just shows that there's a lot to improve on as well. Claire picked it. You like the gear change too. Happy yeah. we got the winner there for the listeners. That's right. And uh, just on that, Jess, there's not a lot of jockeys that come straight out of quarantine and ride a couple of winners. So I think that's really well done on your behalf. And and for the puns out there, don't don't uh, give up on another award. It was another an gutsy effort from her, and she looks to still be developing. So maybe she'd be a next time horse. So we give another award another chance. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yep. Right. Well, it even got better for us because you just you tipped the listeners last week. You liked one of John Hickmont. He'll join us later. This is what happened there. Disco Rebel clear at the 200. Turfman's whacking away. He's picking them up and putting them down quickly. Turfman's trying to get to Disco Rebel. They're clear of down the lane. Disco Rebel won't surrender. Turfman one last lunge and nailed her. Turfman right over the top of Disco Rebel in the shadows of the post. Jeez, we like that. We've tipped him in. If it just had a couple early on, you were flying. John Hickman's also been flying, so it's good we're going to have him call in a bit later on. And with the one runner at Caulfield and six at Gawler, and Jess taking the ride on a couple of those. We'll run through and get to them after that. But then we had another one. Now, this is the one where you turned around and said, nah, this is my lay of the day. And I said, nah, I'm oh, sticking with Blowtorch. Jess is in great nick. She, Claire said, nah, can't win, can't win. Then this happened. They corn for home and flatten for the run to the judge with Tappan Thomas joined by Classy Joe. Classy Joe now digs in with Blowtorch. They get to Tappan Thomas. Further back near Magic. Right down the middle is Exalted Ruth in that fast lane. But Blowtorch and Classy Joe, they're in a stoush with Blowtorch. A half neck, now a neck. Classy Joe won't surrender. He's coming back, Joe, on Blowtorch, but he gets his win today, Blowtorch. By ahead to Classy Joe. 
made it a double. Jess, good way to start. Oh, it's a great day. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not surprised Claire might have laid him because while he's been consistent, he um, has appeared to be a bit of a non-winner. So it was a, a big relief to get that result for the McAvoys. You look very pleased coming back to the mounting yard both times. You had the big grin on your face leading in. Couldn't really hide it, but it would mean a lot first meeting um, and riding a double in your first meeting here. Oh, for sure. I'm both very dominant trainers. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a couple of rides for the McAvoys in Melbourne, but um, unfortunately they weren't good enough to win on the day. But to, to have a ride for them at Murray Bridge and get the result while things didn't probably pan out as perfectly as we would have liked, um, he won. So, great. Beautiful. Now, it, we only got better for the rest of the day, Claire, because our man Adam Mintz just, uh, he said this. I said something about the race. There was eluding our Carney and uh, I think it was Elusive Rose. He liked Elusive Rose. I liked our Carney at odds. No, and and he liked eluding. That's what happened. Move on, race number seven over the 1800 to $45,000 race. Now, eluding here, but I've got one at value that I don't mind of Richard and Chantel's in our Carney, I think. They're just having a good run at the moment, Richard and Chantel, but looks like eluding's going to be tough to beat here. Yeah, eluding, there's a one really easy last start. Had a lovely run. Um, not sure where it's going to lop. It's drawn 10 of 14 in a race. Again, I, I don't think there's a lot of speed. I think Corridon and, and maybe Vacant Blot are the two that will go forward. Um, I thought eluding uh, was too short at the current price. I've had a small bet, Elusive Rose. I probably need 2000 but should have finished a lot closer last start, and it's about 19 or $20. Adam's had the small bet, Elusive Rose. It's got up at $20. I've liked our Carney. That's run a place that I think there was about 15 and 6 or $7, and then eluding ran third. Would have been a hell of a trifecta if the listeners got on. That's right. So again this Saturday. <laughs> oh, well, I just don't know when I listen back to that audio whether I actually did tip our Carney. I was sort of saying eluding looks hard to beat. But anyway, we got the first three there. And then you followed it up by tipping handsome return to win the Port Augusta Cup. It was a good ride, Maggie Collette and uh, Will Clark. And so Port Augusta Cup was great. But good to see that meeting go ahead really well and uh, well received by the getting public there as well on the track. Yeah, I think they had 800. So Michelle Green from TRSA tells me at... Um, at Port Augusta for the Cup, so a good result from them. Hey, just quickly, I want to touch on this track from mm. um, the other day at Narracourt. Now, this is interesting. Now, I didn't like this at all. Be a bit of a topic we're going to run with the whole show. Um, soft six on a Tuesday night. Then I drove past it Monday and skipped the fence. I was down there doing a bit of farming. Skipped the fence. I was like, there's no way. I put up on Twitter and said, be careful. Started the day to soft seven, one race in. Goes to a heavy eight. Now, the horse that won the first in Von Saga, which I tipped again too, mind you, <laughs> Claire, that, that actually even goes in the book recorded that that horse has won on a soft seven when really it's probably winning on a heavy eight. Yes. This is no good for punters. Firstly, Jess, I want to ask your thoughts on the track. Now, it's not Narracourt's fault, mind you, or the southeast tracks. We shouldn't be racing there uh, in July. But your thoughts on the track and, and how did you see it and find that track at Narracourt? It was um, definitely heavy. It was hard work for the horses. Um I had a walk of it early and saw how much they were getting into the track. And while it wasn't kicking up a lot, um, it was definitely hard work out there. Claire, your thoughts? Because yeah. I'm not sure you were saying to me off air that the person that would normally walk the track is a Victorian. Yeah. Well, the protocol is the track manager puts up their rating, um, you know, when except well, actually when nominations come out. And then acceptance will come out, the, um, the track manager should give a rating. And the protocol of the stewardship will be walking the track the day before and, and rating it, either agreeing with the rating that's there or changing it. And then again, in the morning of the races, the, the stewards who arrive at the track first should be walking the track and, and doing a, a genuine rating. Now, I do know that they are a little bit under, under-resourced, the stewards here in South Australia at the moment. Um, David Crookston is normally the steward who would be looking after the southeast and his Victorian base. He's now unable to come across. 
I mean, I really find that a little bit of a hard excuse. Um, and no one's really seems to be taking account- accountability for this. Well, it's it's the punters are the main people that, that essentially where it comes from. The money comes from betting, right? We've got to look after the punters. But if you go into that, I found it very hard to, to actually do form on that. But I did it that the track was going to be heavier. Yeah. Ended up okay. But for a lot of people seeing that was what well, on Tuesday night, still at 6.30 when I did tips on another program, it was the soft six. Then the morning of it's a soft seven. After race one, it's a heavy eight. Do you, did it even finish at a heavy eight or could it have gone further than that, you reckon, Jess? Uh, probably could have got to a nine. I don't think it was wet enough to be a ten, but it was definitely heavy. So it's Mount Gambia. They've got issues with the track down there and it's they've done two upgrades. It's cost yeah. them millions of dollars. They're moving meetings from Mount Gambia. Now Narracourt's got a cop one in July. They don't race in Panola, and uh, we'll talk about mm-hmm. Panola probably a little bit later on. They don't race there. There's a swamp in the middle of it, yeah. so they don't race there in winter. Border Town struggles. Border Town's got a three to, uh, to 400-metre patch that they missed with the upgrade that they didn't do. They've got their problems. Mm. And as we said before, Narracourt, they don't run in July. Narracourt's also had a little bit of trouble with um, if they struggle to keep the grass, the root system as, as deep as it should to be able to absorb the water. They've had a bit of a bug through through there as well. So I do think a lot of the tracks in the southeast are just tired. Um, we, you know, we can criticise Mount Gambia. They haven't got that right. But Narragut itself is due for an upgrade. And I remember speaking to um, some of the track heroes and the locals there. I think that's Bruce Yench as well. Um, and they agree with me. If they need to be out of taking other race meetings, they need, need an upgrade. They need some resources spent there. Um, we've got a bit more to talk about. We could talk about that all day. On the other side of this short break, we're going to deep dive into Jess coming over and run through a few of her rides. And we'll get in touch Pool with John. Yeah, John Hickmont. And, uh, and then we'll finish the show with Adam Mitz. You're listening to the SA Betfair Edge, Betfair, the home of lay betting. You're with Miles Fitz and Claire Lindop and our special guest, Jess Eaton. The SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner for Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge. Miles Fitzner and Claire Lindop in studio with our very special guest, Jess Eaton. Jess, uh, first segment, just seamless. A little bit of media training coming through, maybe. Oh, they look after us in uh, apprentice school and racing, Victoria. Um, it's our training, so... I know we've got a few questions I want to get to. Claire, I'm going to go first and then we'll chime in and, and see how we go. And then we'll get to John on the other side of the break. Now, first things first, I want to talk about this quarantine. Now, the, the quarantine over to Mount Gambier, probably what, because it was halfway, something like that. And then you were running the beep test to keep fit in quarantine? Yeah, look, quarantine, I obviously am restricted with what I can and can't do. Uh, I couldn't leave the property, so that ruled out going for, for runs to keep uh, entertained and fit. So... Um, I come up with the idea to start doing the beep test. Um, it worked out perfectly that my little driveway on my Airbnb uh, was 20 metres and I thought it was a good way to test my fitness and sort of get myself, you know, to maximum capacity because uh, your at-home workouts on your, your phone um, sometimes don't quite cut it. And so now up to Murray Bridge at Michael Hickmont's and sort of track work there, working and living down in Murray Bridge, how are you finding it? And i you know, like we said earlier in the show, obviously a bit less restricted in what you can do over here at the moment as opposed to over the border. Yeah, well, it's um, certainly different. Um, I'm used to track work at Mornington and it's a lot busier than what you'd expect at Murray Bridge. Um, In terms of quarantine, every morning we're having to get temperature tested for track work as well as race day. So um, obviously that's not done at Murray Bridge, but um, it's a good change. It's relaxing and it's a great atmosphere to work and ride in. So you're coming here to transfer to Michael Hickmont. How many would you ride a morning at Morrowbridge, which is, do you think, roughly? Um, it's sort of been averaging around five or six at the moment. Um, I know Michael's team's growing quite quickly, which is exciting for him and the team. So um, I'll be happy to see those numbers increase. Good. 
Uh, and career-wise, um, you currently claim two kilograms in the Metropolitan Race Meeting uh, area, and you've reduced your claim to the country and provincial to zero with career wins of 134 winners. Um, how many winners have you actually had in the metro area? Um, I think, including Saturday, uh, that comes up to 26, but I'm not sure if uh, my stats include the Singapore stint I did. So if that's the case, it's... Uh, 28. So on the Singapore stint, went over there, had a couple of winners and placed in a Group 2 race. What was that like and what did that do for your development, your confidence in your riding? It was amazing. Um, I was based in Mornington with John and Chris Ma and thankfully through that connection, I was able to go to Singapore um, and work for Dan Ma, uh, John's son. Uh, Dan took me under his wing. He looked after me really well. He was um, probably the key to me getting so many rides in Singapore. I've had quite a lot and um, I learnt a lot. Racing over there is very different tempo-wise. It's sort of gung-ho from the start. You've got to get in a handy position straight away. You have to be on the ball, switched on. Um, and, and I certainly learned a lot. It brought me on as a rider. It helped my confidence. Dan was amazing and I got some really good opportunities there. And to get two winners was um pretty special. With your riding, we'll go on that before we touch on finding rides here in SA because you're not having any trouble with that at all. Um, with your riding, I've watched your, some races of yours in Victoria. I think you're a really good time, like timer of a horse. You seem to sort of be re- relaxed and remain relaxed a little bit longer than some judge of the jockeys pace, do. Wife. Is that what it is? Judge of pace. I say <laughs> timing, judge of pace, but you always look pretty relaxed um, and sort of know when you're going and are happy to sort of smoke the pipe a little bit. Is that an element of your riding, is that a fair assessment or what do you think um, that, that you might have an edge on on maybe some other jockeys that, that are some of your stronger assets? Uh, I think I'm quite a patient rider and I think that has worked quite well for me in the past. Um, you know, even going to Singapore, uh, Dan had to really get up me to be more aggressive at times, which has certainly helped and um, I've taken that on board, I think, with my riding. But um, uh, just, you know, I found, especially through apprentice school, we were taught that a lot of the times between the six and the four hundred is probably the fastest point in the race. So um, I've learnt that just, you know, uh, letting the race unfold a little bit, finding the right spots in the run to pick my mark. Um, it's sort of been an asset to me, just being a bit patient, um, knowing the horse and how much horse I've got underneath me and trying to time that well. You got a favourite winner that you've had so far in your Australian career? Is there one that sticks out? Um, recently, a horse called Tea Tails um, won quite impressively. For me at Flemington, um, that was massive. Um, just riding winner at Flemington's amazing. Um, I think that was my third or fourth win on that horse and early days she was quite a difficult animal to ride. So to be able to get that win at Flemington for the connections was massive. Now, now you're here in South Australia and you've, you've made the move over here um, to broaden your racing connections with different trainers um, and gain more experience here in South Australia. And so you, this weekend, Saturday, Gawler races, um, you've got nine races and you've got a full book. Is this your first time riding at Gawler? It is. Um, I haven't ridden at Gawler. I've been to quite a few South Australian tracks, but haven't been to Gawler yet. So um, I'll definitely be making sure I get there a little bit earlier than normal, having a good look at the track and seeing how um, it all looks. So do you walk the track? Yeah, I, I, I definitely like walking the track, certainly the straight, see how, um, how the track looks and feels, um, comparing it to the rating, hopefully picking the best part of the track, but also... Uh, going to the tracks I haven't been to, I'd like to know sort of where the bends are, how it looks and um, sort of helps how you pick your race, I guess. With homework on top of that, how much um, does your manager or are you involved in the homework of other horses in races and looking at, you know, speed mapping and where horses should be or you're relying on trainers? What sort of, give us an insight into how you're sort of working you know, other aspects 
um, of your homework in races? Um, a lot of my form I do on my own. Um, every now and then I might get advice if I'm, you know, a bit confused about where I think a horse might end up loving in a race. But I find um, overcomplicating form before yeah. a race um, really sort of, um, you know, it can mess you up a bit. Yeah. Um, if you if you expect something to happen dead set one way and it doesn't happen, you know, Plan B doesn't happen. You know, you can't fall to Plan B as successfully as if you've got a rough idea and you're open to, to outside aspects coming into play because, I mean, you're, yeah. you're dealing with animals. Um, not everything happens the way you'd like it all the time. So I think um, it's important to be open to different scenarios that you weren't necessarily planning for. That's a good answer. I think, too, you've got to do your own form because often, uh, you know, you're reading someone else's opinion. All forms are only someone's opinion, so you need to actually have your own opinion. And often, I've, well, you might find this as well when you look at the pace, you go, no, I'm going to be more forward than that. Or, you know, so sometimes it's, it's, it's a helpful guide, but I think as a jockey, you do have to have your own plans. So the big step up, now nine rides at Gawley, you're not having too much trouble finding them. Is this, is it going to plan? Six, was it six rides at Murraybridge the other day, few at Narracourt, you got nine on the Saturday meet at Gawler. Is this where you wanted to be, riding full cards on Saturday meetings here in South Australia? Oh, for sure. Um, uh, I'm, I made the, the move hoping for more opportunities and um, in a short space of time that's sort of been um, confirmed that I, I have made that right move. Uh, it's quite tough in Victoria to get opportunities, so to be coming to South Australia and having nine of nine rides um, is massive and, you know, it certainly gives me an opportunity to work on my craft and become a better rider. So we had the double at Murray Bridge. We've played that audio earlier. We've got nine rides. Now, there's, I reckon you've got five genuine shots here. And look, out of the five, look, three would do me nicely, but no pressure. But we're going to run through a few of them. So you've got uh, you've got one in race one called Congi of John Himes. Um, drew inside. Now, I'll get both your thoughts on this because it's a question I wanted. Drawing inside at Gawler, does it matter, Claire, firstly? Um, look, the rail's in the true position. It was in the true position last time as well. Sometimes the fence can be a bit of a... Um, a hot place to be at Gawler, but it's generally when the track's firm and I think it's going to be a, a soft five on Saturday. So I think it's going to race relatively uh, fair. I think two-year-olds, it's nice to have a fence sometimes. It gives them a little bit of a guide. Yeah. Hey, uh, so a little bit of a longer shot, but one just to maybe get in the rhythm at the start of the day, race one. Yeah, for sure. Um, as Claire said, barrier one certainly makes my job a bit easier. Um, it's first up for a new trainer, so uh, I think... We'll see how it goes. Our boy Bailey for Peter Hardacre in race six. Gate eight there. $5.50 shot this horse. Interesting race. We'll talk to Adam a bit about it later, but tell us a little bit about our boy Bailey. Yeah, well, I think Peter Hardacre is quite a good trainer. He usually places them very well. It's um, ran some nice races previously, and it is first up off the back of a really nice trial. So I'd like to see it um, run well um, and off its form. I think it's definitely a chance. Uh, race three, we move to number eight, right? Ice Crusher, trained by Shane Cowell. Oh, I like this. I like this one. Yeah, well, I did bump into Shane. I rode a horse for him at the trials at Murray Bridge the other day, and he seems to think it's quite a nice chance. Um, it's it's got good form, and I think the horse is quite versatile in the run, so um, it should be it should be hopefully bringing its best. Now, this will be an interesting race. We'll move on to the twenty one hundred meter race. You're riding Manzala, which is I think is probably going to start favourite, not favourite at the moment, around a four dollar forty shot. Now, these races, distance races. Um, coming from Victoria in South Australia, let's say have been a bit ugly um, with tempo, a lot of race moves. Um, how do you sort of go into a race knowing that these distance races, you know, Ducks and Drakes are being played pretty well? Do you go in, like you said before, with that really open mind, but just still trying to find that right position? Or you sort of go in and go, look, I'm just going to do my thing and, and know the horse I'm under and go that way. Is there sort of a way to attack these distance races? Uh, well, I'm 
confident knowing my horse has been is fit and it's been running quite consistently. I think it's important to know, you know, what other chances are in the race and knowing where they are in the running. Um, he looks like a horse that can be quite handy. I don't think I want him leading like he did last start, but um, you know, if he's handy and he's within striking distance, he should get his chance. Jess, we're going to get you to hang around because on the other side of the break, we're going to talk to John Hickmont and we might see whether or not he can give you some instructions on these rides uh, over the radio and see what can happen. You're listening to the SA Bet Fair Edge with Miles Fitz and Claire Lindop and special guest Jess Eaton uh, here on 1629 SCNSA for Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858 and as always, gamble responsibly. The SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner for Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair with Miles Fitzner, Claire Lindop and star jockey, now star South Australian jockey, Jess Eaton. But we're joined on the line by star SA trainer. He's been kind enough uh, to give us some time here today to talk about some of the runners and maybe even uh, pass some advice over to young Jess. But we're joined on the line by John Hickmont. John, thanks for joining us. Yeah, how are you today? Very well, thank you. You've got Claire and Jess here. Everyone say hello. Hey, Johnny. Uh, thanks, for hi, thanks for joining Thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, you're welcome, Claire. Yeah, lovely to be on the show. Hey, John, a couple of things we want to touch on first before we run through some runners. Um, mate, you're going pretty well at the moment. Now, I just had a look. Twenty, you've, Your last 24 starts, you've only had eight horses outside the placings. It's, uh, you're having a little bit of a purple patch. Yeah, well, it's, um, I think we, we've got a good crew and we've got a lot of young horses coming through the system and... It, you know, it doesn't happen. And I don't think anybody, uh, all these runs don't last forever because horses run out of their, their figures. And, um, but, you know, while, while it's going, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll take it anyway. But, uh, you know, we've put a lot of work in. We've got a lot of young horses come through the system. And uh, so this is the result. You're sitting fifth in the South Australian Premiership, third in the Provincial. And at Gawler, you've actually got a 22% strike rate, which is uh, fantastic. And we're talking about Gawler this weekend. You've got six runners there, and you've also got you're one coming heading in over. At, you're coming in and out there, Claire. Yeah, I don't know whether it's my end or yours. Oh, sorry, John, is that a bit better? Can you hear me playing now? I can. I was just saying that yeah. um, you've got six runners at Gawler this Saturday, and you've got one at Caulfield next as well. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got the six at, at there, and I've sent one over to Rob at Caulfield. Not that I think he's... Um, he needs to be there. I just think we, we need to have a race for him. But uh, there's nothing here in SA that, that in the ratings that um, we can't get anything. Sort of he's an 84 or something. So uh, and it's an 84 rating at Caulfield. So um, at any rate, uh, he'll get his chance. Well, you've got some runners at Gawler. Claire just said earlier the 22.8% strike rate at Gawler, John, and you're going okay. A couple of things I want to ask you. One, about Narracourt during the week. Now, we saw the rating go from a soft six. It's a bit of a topic for us today. Then it was seven, and then after one race, it went to a heavy eight. Um, we're not normally racing down in the southeast at these times, but there's also got to be something um, in place that we, you know, you, you from when we were talking off air, elected that you might even scratch that horse that won there for you. Um, but we we need these track ratings a bit sooner. Can you give us your take or thoughts on that? Yeah, I've spoken to the powers to be a few times about this, and they said, oh, we haven't got anybody down here. I'm to to um, Mount Gambia. And so, John, you're there? Yes, I'm there now. So we'll just go back. You were just saying you spoke to the powers that be at Mount Gambia, uh, about Mount Gambia? Yeah, this, this is some time ago, and, and I think it might have also been at uh, Panola. But I think, I think we need to, with uh, Victoria, you'll get an up, update on, the, on the, the track sort of the day before and, and so on. Well, I think we we need to get someone to do this, and um, I don't know who they get to do it, but they, 
you know, obviously we've got enough, uh, there's enough stewards in different places, so we need to have that so they can check it the day before and the morning off so people don't get to the race and find out it's all over. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it makes it hard for punters as well because if you're doing your form and laying some bets the night before um, and you go from a soft six to a heavy eight, um, it makes it not really all that convenient the whole way around. No, I was a bit lucky on uh, on Wednesday because uh, I'd trialled the horse that uh, he had a jump out at Gawler and it was a heavy 10 and he handled it well and Karina rang me, my assistant trainer, she rang and said, Siren, you know, suggested that you, have a, you think about the track we whether we scratch that horse or not because it's a, it's a heavy, it's pretty heavy and I said, oh no, he'll be right. He, he, he went on a heavy 10 at, at uh, Gawler so let him go around, see him we're down there. I was lucky we did because he he, handled, he did handle it okay. He certainly went he certainly went all right. Wasn't one that I'd picked out, but certainly went all right. Hey, just quickly, Gawler currently a soft five. You know that track better than anyone else. Got a couple of gun jockeys in here. I'm going to get their opinion too. But do you expect Gawler to stay at a soft five on uh, Saturday? Yeah, not sure because uh, you know we're we're an hour and a half away from there, so I don't know what rain they've had. But Gawler Gawler's a very good track, and and even even if it is a heavy. Uh, it's still a very safe track, and I think everybody who rides that track is, you know, they're quite happy with it. You know, the track, even if it is a bit heavy, you might have to, you know, go a bit wide later in the day. But um, anyway, that's not a lot I can do about that. But, um, John, before anyway. before we get on to a few of your runners and run through them and, and go into them into some detail, we've got Jess Eaton obviously in studio. Just uh, she's riding a couple of yours today. Just tell us a bit about um, what you've seen what, from her and, and what you're liking her as a jockey, because. Um, She's got a nine races, nine races here on Saturday coming to South Australia. I reckon she's going to um, make big waves over here. But just tell us of what you've seen from her so far. Uh, Jess has ridden for us before when she's you know had her, her trips coming over here, and uh, I think she's a she's, she's a very very good young jockey, and uh, you know she'll uh, she'll go places. And um, not not that she's probably uh, any better than than Siren or, or someone else we use, but the fact that she's got that two kilo claim and uh, when they got the 60, if they got 54 or five, it's not, doesn't make a lot of difference. But when you hit up into that 60 business, that's, uh, that's when you need that claim. Well, we've seen, with Lockie Nidoff's obviously gone, Jerry Chow gone back to Hong Kong, and there is a bit of a hole in the apprentice ranks here at, uh, in South Australia at the moment. Yeah, there is, there is. We'll have others come through, no doubt, but uh, anyhow, we're lucky to have Jess and she's, uh, she's riding... She's riding here and working for, for Michael um, here in the bridge, so it's very handy, and she, she offered to jump on one. So um, uh, Siren had worked for, with her before at, at Mar Racing. Um, and uh, so he, 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 being a team player as he is, he suggested that we, we might take the couple of kilos off and uh, make the job a bit easier. So that's, that's how that's come about. Right, well, let's get into your runners, and then I'll get both your thoughts on, on those horses. We're just at Francis Boy. You're obviously race nine at Caulfield, about an $8 shot. You've drawn um, six. Um, you're claiming the two kilos and coming off the back of two wins. But like you said before, maybe just trying to find the right race. Um, there's just not one around that suits. Mm, yeah, I think he's... Um, there's no easy races in Melbourne. So, uh, no, but he's, he's over there. He's um, And uh, he, he'll be competitive because he's, he's very fit and, and uh, up to the mile and, and, and a little bit beyond. He's, um, he's OK. He's, he's won 10 races, so... Uh, He'll, he'll, he'll go around, and, and I don't think he'll, he'll need to lead. I've been trying for him not to lead, and the last quite a few starts he's led in his races because he begins so well. But if um, if he can get around, if he can get around, he'll get around Caulfield well, and he can be somewhere near the near the front bunch. Uh, it'll get it'll be a bit heavy by the end of the day, so um, and he can handle the wet. So he's he certainly he'll be competitive anyway. Now we'll move over to Gawler, race one. You've got a two-year-old there called Warshaval. What can you tell us about his chances? 
Well, he should have been. He should have been at. Um, he should have been at Maricourt, but I didn't want to run two of them in the one race. And uh, but you know, just trying to find two-year-old maidens, and we're trying trying to get racing going in South Australia, where we've got two and three-year-olds. But by golly, it's hard to find races for two and three-year-olds um, because I think this, they've had to reprogram some races because of what, there wasn't enough, and consequently, um, this isn't a maiden. This horse is a maiden. Should be running in the maiden, but it's not. It's a I think for their numbers, they're trying to get numbers, and uh, so they put the they opened it, opened them up a little bit. So it's a it's a, it's a two year old sixty four. Well, we've got another. There's a bit of a hot pot in there too. That Ally Searle agree if David Jolly saw the jump out during the week, but you reckon the horse might still be okay? Oh well, we, we we're going around in a race that we shouldn't be, but uh, he's he's going around anyway because he's he's he, need, he needs a run, and then we can we can turn him out and give him a, give him a break, but. Um, Anyway, well, I think there's probably horses that are more experience than him, so it'll be harder to beat. This my horse goes good by the same token. What about the veteran in flow meter race five? Oh, well, you can't, you, you can't you can't ever you know write Al Flowey off. He's just a, he's a you know we've, we've thought of retiring him a number of times when he stands at the gate and uh, when he's out and uh, you know when the, when the float goes out the gate and he's not on it, he gets real cranky. So and his last run was enormous. So um, he's just a he's a marvel. And he loves it. He loves his job. He really does. Uh, race six, we got Classy Joe. Yeah, Classy may not may not run. He's drawn bad. We'll just see if there are any scratchings, to, you know, tomorrow. Uh, but he might he might uh, go around next Wednesday. Uh, we're coming up a series of seconds, but we'll see how we go there. Now, race seven. This is a horse I like and a horse Jess likes. So, uh, Crown Fontaine, mate. Um, what are we expecting? And yeah, what are we log, let you and Jess have a conversation? Work out what you're going to do. Maybe drop it on air if we can. Yeah, well, um, Jess had a, has had it. She she wrote him the other morning, and and he's um, you know, he had a throat operation since he won the big race at Swan Hill, and uh, his first start back was very creditable. So uh, I'm expecting to run a big race, and uh, with Jess's two kilos, it'll be a big help. We'd expect him to sit in the run. What do we? What how do you expect that race to unfold? Or is it just to just to sit and see? Yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done the speed map, but he does race forward. Um, he, he, he won't lead, but he uh, he does race forward, and he can be somewhere near them. So, um, and he is very competitive. He led Murray Bridge last start when we when we thought, well, you know, we just give him an easy, we'll give him an easy run. We didn't didn't want to bust him, but uh, he did. He, he went he went better than, than I expected after a, after a layoff. So um, this we got the second up syndrome, which is always a worry. But um, he's he's working well. He's eating well. He's doing everything right. So we just hope that he can run. Hope he's well. a good run. He, he'll be ridden well. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Otherwise, we'll sack it. Two kilos, no worries, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be good enough. We we we're lucky to have you. Uh, what about the stable star then? It's uh, got a bit of time for this horse, Johnny. Race eight, number one, Classy JB. So aiming for the picket fence here, couple in a row. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 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 a nice little horse. He's. Um, Full, full brothers and sisters are all uh, they can all run um, and um, and they've all won I've got one more to come there's a two year old um, now rising rising three what's that called um, he's, uh, he's Classy Ken Classy he's, Ken we need Classy yeah. Ken and Classy Barbie yeah well his name's his name's Ken after my late son and um, so uh, we've had Classy Joe in, in one of the part owners and and uh, Chloe was the first one that we had. Then Classy Joe was another part owner. So, uh, yeah, it's just a bit of a, a bit of a family name. 
Mate, so he's, no, he's a nice horse. He, he's a nice horse. He does everything right. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to be pretty competitive tomorrow, Saturday. Last one, number 11 um, in the same race, Hobo Bob. That's a, that's a ripping name too. I like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's bred by Bob McKay from, from Maricor. Oh, I know Bob um, well. Yeah, you do. You do. And so um, he's, uh, he's coming back from, from, uh, from the West Coast. Uh, he's been at Lincoln and uh, he's coming back and, uh, again, you know, no races over there, nothing, nothing suitable. So uh, he'll, uh, I'd, I'd say he'll be. Uh, well, he's always reasonably competitive, but I don't think he's in at this stage ready to, ready to, to frighten those horses. John, best of luck at Gawler on Saturday. Thank you so much for your time. We'll have you on the show again at a later stage. But mate, you're flying at the moment, and hopefully that form can continue. Yeah, no worries, Miles. Thank you kindly. Thanks, John. John Hickmott there. Um, trainer, certainly on the move. Just got cut off a little bit on the way out, but uh, we've nearly got to head to a break. But You've been listening to the SA Betfair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly. The SA Betfair Edge with Claire Lindop and Miles Fitzner for Betfair, the home of lay betting. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome back to the SA Bet Fair Edge. Miles Fitzner and Claire Lindop with you. We're on the home stretch, Claire, and it's about that time of the week that we are joined by the man himself, the man in the know, and the guy that was flying last week, uh, when he, especially when he gave us elusive rose, Mr. Adam Mintz. Adam, thanks for joining us. Good to be with you guys. Hi, Adam. Hey, Claire. How are you? Very good, thank you. Hey, uh, Adam. We're, uh, yep. I'm not, we'll just quickly off the top, let's talk about the track at Narracourt. I saw you on Twitter, didn't like the fact that we went from six, then to seven, then to eight. I didn't like it either. Um, there's a problem there somewhere. Um, I, I listen, I know the logistics of it sort of make it difficult, but it's the second biggest meeting of the week, the Wednesday meeting. And normally for the Wednesday meeting, the stewards inspect the track on a Tuesday. I know it's a you know it's three three odd hours away Narricourt, but I think that should have happened. Um, I spoke to someone who is at Narricourt on the Monday, and they said the track is in a shocking state and um, and is a lot worse than what they're going to rate it. So uh, I sort of put that out there on Twitter, but I don't think the stewards did go and inspect it and. I haven't checked the time from yesterday, but people are telling me that it was actually worse than a heavy eight. So considering they, it was a soft six on 4pm the day before and probably worse than a heavy eight, I don't think it's good enough. Yeah, well, I, I actually drove past it on Monday when I was down there. That's where I'm from, Adam. It's my home track. And I, right. I actually skipped the fence and had a look. And that's why when I put out on Twitter, I said it says a soft six, but go with caution because... Yeah, I didn't like the look uh, of it. I didn't like the look of it either. I jumped the fence on Monday yep. and just walked through, and yeah, my boots got wet. I can tell you. Hey, mate, we've got about yep. uh, five to seven minutes here. We just want to run through yep. Gawler nine race car. We've just had Jess Eaton and John Hickbot both on. Um, we're going to start with race one now. Uh, I'm liking this um, LA Sir Legree here. That uh, jump out or trial video that we watched that was rather impressive. Uh, yeah, had a uh, couple of jump outs uh, earlier on, and had a trial on the 30th I think it was very impressive um, I thought uh, also uh, War Cheval John Hickbot's uh, runners had two jump outs, it's a jump and run type um, and Who Runs the World had a jump out with the blinkers on um, the other day, or, yeah it was a jump out the other day at Murray Bridge I think 
Um, I'd have to go with the David Jolly one. I don't think sort of two dollars thirty is a bet, but uh, I would have thought it's the it's the the first pick. Yeah, number three for me. Alo Sir agree, Claire. We just had uh, John Hickman on, who tried to steer us away from War Cheval. So it's interesting you you're giving a bit of a rap there. Ah. Um, so because um, I actually heard that around the, the whispers as well that it had, had jumped out quite well, which is why I tried to ask John about it. But uh, he he uh, wasn't giving anything away there. So. But look, I do agree, L.A. Sellegree's trial was very impressive and for those playing along at home, it means go the grey. Right, race number two. Um, I'm Heather Lehman's having a good trot at the moment with uh, a few winners. I'm going to stick with her and go to Bull McCabe, second to the Brumby. Um, and yeah, I sort of saw that as a reasonable form race. It, it ran really well last start. It was very wide on the speed the whole way and battled on really well. I think it's first pick. Um, I think our boy Bailey sort of after the claim with uh, Jess Eaton gets in well. It's first up. It's got blinkers on and had a trial at Bordertown recently. Uh, I would have thought those uh, were the two, but I was four just in, in front of six. Claire? Uh, I like number two here, Monraj. Monraj. I think I tipped Monraj last week or the week before. Went nowhere for me. Hey, we'll go to uh, race number three. I'm sticking with the former West Aussie here. And uh, Jess takes a ride on Ice Crusher. She's got a good card of uh, card of rides, Adam. Yeah, a really even race. It was a big win last start. Um, I missed it. I a few people said I was ridden too close to start before, and they were right, and I was wrong. Um, I'd say it's going to get back again, and I think it's just first pick in a really even race. Um, I thought Australian design would go better on Saturday. Uh, more speed in the race, just raced a bit too keenly the other day and was sort of a bit wide. So maybe Australian design at the current price might be might be the way to go for a, for an interest. I'm encouraged you said that because I liked Australian design as well, trained by John O'Connor. Right, we move on. Race number four. Once again, Adam, I'm doing the same as last week. It's over 2,000 metres here in South Australia and I'm not going to touch it. How do you see this race unfolding? I've already put the pen through that race. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you and I are on the same page there. Uh, I, I just guess. I, I don't bet in them very often, and when I do, I usually after the race, I swear I'm never going to bet in a race over 2,000 or further again. Um, yeah, I, I sort of, my numbers, Bert Whistle, you know, first pick, Manzali gets him well at the weights, but I'll be watching. Claire, do you got a thought on this? <laughs> I do think uh, Manzala's got a, a rider change, significant rider change. I like Muntha Missile, trained by Blinda O'Loughlin from Mount Gambia. She does a really good job with her team, and uh, she's a smart trainer, so... I think it'll, it'll, it'll appreciate coming up here for this run. I'm certainly not tipping Burt Whistle again, <laughs> uh, even though I'd like to. Right, we move into race five. I think this one's maybe a bit tougher than the market suggests. A couple of uh, McAvoy runners right in the market. But, yeah, I'm sort of probably, yeah, I can't really split the two of them, to be honest, Adam. Um, I, on my numbers, sign of Missouri is clearly, clearly the one to beat and first pick, but... I'm just a bit worried. There's really not a lot of uh, pace in that race, so I'm not sure where it's going to be. Um, that's another race I won't be betting in. I really like Star Status's first up run uh, last time at Morpherville, but I probably agree with you. He's going to be getting back, um, so his job might be a little bit harder. Um, and I'm probably going with you there. Sign of your Surrey number five. Move on to race number six. There's a couple of horses in here I like. Classy Joe um, has had the trio of seconds, and another one of Sue Yenches, who's also having a good trot, number six, um, just rolling. I thought those two and get out of the way, one of them would win. Um, we were on get out of the way last week and I just completely forget the run. I, I think 
think that's probably why they're backing it up after seven days. It didn't have a, a, a you know, it didn't do much in the run at all. So um, I'm going to go with it again. Uh, I think Classy Joe and Just Rolling are the only other two that have got genuine winning chances in the race, but I like Get Out of the Way. I'm with number six, Just Rolling. I think its form was pretty good, um, uh, beating Blowtorch, and then Blowtorch obviously won last week. It went well. Race seven now. I can't bring myself to back Octane after what happened last time. Um, I know I know it's obviously a good horse, but yeah, the $3 doesn't or $3.20, I'm not about it. I'm going to stick with Crown Fontaine at $11, almost make it my value of the day. Yeah, I, I think it's got a good chance, Crown Fontaine. I, Octane, I, I've been very kind to it and I've got it favourite, but um, it's far too short, in my opinion. I think TAB went up 550, but it's into about 310 or 320. Um, I think it's first pick, but um, I another race I won't be having a bet in. This will be interesting to see by race seven if horses are starting to come out wider on the track and getting home late uh, advantaged uh, because both Crown Fontaine and Dexalation, I think, will get a good good run there from the inside gate as, or from its nice draw. But if it's uh, not suiting on pace, I think Octane will be really well suited. Um, so I'll, be, I'll go Octane. Well, well you're, you can go Octane. <laughs> Hopefully it gets beat. Race eight. Uh, now, there's the one that Johnny Hickmott likes, Classy JB. Um, Jess takes a ride, the pickup ride. There's a couple of horses in here that I don't mind either, the Natural and Air Marshal, and both from um, stables that are going well. But uh, I don't mind this horse of Johnny's. Yeah, listen, I, I when they uh, first put up the market, they actually didn't have a TAB put up the market. They didn't have a rider for Classy JB. And I thought it had a good chance. When the riders come out, I think it's got a great chance. I've got it first pick. I've backed it. Um, I think it'll jump to the front and be very hard to beat. I think the natural's too short, but a chance. And the other one I could probably have something on was K-Seri. Probably not going to get as easier run as it did last start, but it ran pretty well last start. Yeah, well, they both, but um, what Classy JB got the job done on the hot pot Carhalayan of um, of McAvoy's, but yeah, yeah I think the right. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, four dollars sixty about for Classy JB. Claire, which one are you liking? Uh, I like number one, Classy JB as well. I'll um, go with the team there, and good luck to Jess Eaton, and she was a great guest on the show today. Hey, last one, Adam, and then we'll let you go. Race nine. I'm c- couldn't really make my mind up here, but I've leaned towards number twelve, Sun Made at around six dollars fifty. Goes well second up. I hope you're right because that's my other bet for the day. That I, I, <laughs> oh, beauty! I, I think I think that there's not a lot of pace in that race. I, just quickly looking at the track, um, there's rain forecast sat, uh, Friday and Saturday. I'm just hoping it's no worse than a six, maybe. But uh, I think uh, significant righty change with with uh, panel going on sun, mate. I think it might might go forward. Um, the only other one that'll go forward is probably be okay um maybe um yeah maybe one or two others that might push forward but uh, that's the one i like on each way sunday clear it is a very even race the last race um and i like call me dexter the local horse uh, for a bit of value number 14 beautiful adam yeah. thanks so much for your time and we'll talk to you again next week thanks adam okay thanks guys Claire, just quickly your best or value or yep. saints and sinners well, uh, my... the bargains and bailouts for betfair my value is race nine number 14 call me dexter um, and I think my best for the day is going to be race six, number six, just rolling, Sue Yench. Right. My best is going to be uh, race one, number three, L.A. Sotagri, and my value is going to be race seven, number one, Crown Fontaine. Watch Jess get the chocolates at $11. Absolutely love it. Do you want to hear my lay that I'm going to try again Here's this week? Your, We're going for the lay again. <laughs> Please well, don't say you're going to lay one of these 
Um, oh, McAvoy's race, again. Race eight, number four, the natural. The yeah. natural, you're laying um, one do, of McAvoy's I again. That, Not a good that sign. That combination gets quite short in the market, so I'm going out again. I reckon if I had to say it, I think sign of Azuri, if I was had to pick one between the natural and sign of Azuri, I'd probably, as a bet that I didn't want, I'd say sign of Azuri. But that's all we've got time for. You've been listening to the SA Bet Fair Edge Big Show. We had Jess Eaton, John Hickmott. You're clearly not on Miles Fitzner. You've been listening to the SA Bet Fair Edge. Thanks to Betfair, the home of lay betting. Call 1-800-858-858. And as always, gamble responsibly.